morning Beacon Church welcome to another Sunday on the sofa and as always if you're a visitor here if you've uh, found us on the internet and uh, or been invited by a friend to watch this video uh, you're more than welcome we pray you'll be richly blessed as a, as a result and that you'll know Jesus more as well um, next week do not forget things are going to be um, somewhat different we are commencing our in-person uh, meetings at Vibe on the seafront. If you want to know more details, um, please do get in touch. There's going to be an email at the end of this um, video after David's sermon. Um, but uh, as many of you will probably know through our midweek communications, we're starting alternate in-person meetings at Vibe from next Sunday, permanently from the end of June. Um, ticketing details will be arriving on Tuesday via our midweek update. There'll, there'll be a booking online. And for those that can't do that, uh, just get in touch and let me know and I'll do it for you. Um, but uh, yeah, we just pray that uh, it will be a truly um, blessed time where we just relearn family in a new way yet again. Uh, we're going to have to relearn what we once had in, in some ways. It's going to be different. It's going to be strange. There are restrictions involved, just naturally. Um, but it's going to be a real blessed time. And whether it's um, front-led by, by nature or whether it's over... Uh, Zoom, whether it's virtual or in person, it doesn't make any difference to what Holy Spirit can do. God himself can work in us, through us, for us, and for the sake of others around us as well. That, that does not change. And uh, so we're very much looking forward to what God wants to do next week. And uh, if you're unable to join us, that's absolutely fine, but there will be video available in the next day or so afterwards on the usual channels to then catch up on the teaching uh, during that actual morning. Uh, in a moment, though, David Horrell will be um, continuing our series in Luke. Um, but I just want to just uh, just kind of call us to worship, if you like, through um, a verse from the Psalms, from Psalm 16. Uh, we've been talking during the week through our email communications about um, how we can help India. There's a massive COVID crisis in India, some ter terrible, uh, terrible situation that's going on over there, and just how we can help financially and in prayer and so on, help our church family out there. And it's just made me realise, it's caused me to reflect that um, we have much um, and many of them have little and we can we can help, we can share uh, share our blessings, uh, share our wealth literally with them. Um, but it just makes me realise our contentment, therefore, it just goes to show our contentment is not found in the stuff we have. They Many of them have little, we have much, and yet so often we can still be discontented, can't we? And it just goes to show how much we have in terms of creature comforts, salaries, houses, whatever that might be. That's not where we find contentment and fulfilment, is it? It can only be in him. And that hinges on whether we have much, whether we have little. That makes not a jot of difference to whether we have him. That's where our fulfilment and our flourishing, that's where life comes from. And um, Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is the God we come to know and love because he knows us and loves us first. He is where we find life. This is much of what David's going to be preaching on in just a moment as well. This whole theme of where we find contentment, flourishing and life, it's found in him and him only. So let's celebrate that. Let's rest in that and let's learn more about what we can do about that. Yeah, up for that, let me just pray for us and then I hand over to David. Father, we thank you that you are the source of all good things. You are 
uh, always good, unchangeably good, and we can uh, find our security and confidence and rest in that. We thank you that you are from whom all good things flow because you are good. You are life and you are love. So we, we thank you that even when your word challenges us, it's for our flourishing, it's for our good. So as we sit under your word right now, Holy Spirit, we open our eyes and our ears to what we need to hear and what we need to do and to do that with joy because we know it's for our good and for your glory. So uh, help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Over to David. Good morning to everyone on the Zoom and Vimeo platforms. Welcome to everyone looking and listening in. Let's hope there are not too many more Zoom meetings left and that uh, we'll be meeting up together. I'm sure that will happen soon. We're continuing the Luke series and our passage today follows on from where Steve left off last week. And that is in Luke 6, verses 17 to 26. And we're going to read it together. And he, Jesus, came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out of him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Well, Last week, Steve spoke about the man Jesus, who valued prayer more than his own comfort. Then there was the choosing of the 12 men from the many disciples to become apostles. Men he was transitioning and preparing for the time when he would return to heaven and leave them to outwork the commission, which we read about in Matthew 28. Let's just remind ourselves of that. Jesus had authority on all authority in both heaven and earth. And he said to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So in the two verses in Three verses, 17 to 19, Jesus has attracted crowds where there was this amazing, 
distribution of his power to those in need, both physically and spiritually. There is no simple way of trying to convey the sheer magnitude of this unparalleled moment in the life and ministry of Jesus. It is like a Holy Spirit revival moment. Something so real and effective was just flowing out of him that a riot was brewing as crowd pressed in for real answers. People, desperate and dissatisfied, wanting to break free from oppression and exile experiences, break free from the rule of empire building controls. People desperate for healing and wholeness. It was a non-partisan moment. Everyone could have received something from the Saviour. He could see the poor, the hungry, the sorrowful, and the marginalised, the indiscriminate religious heartache, all lurking in the faces of those crowds before him. What a day. So there is a purpose in Jesus' teaching today, and he's trying to explain to the readers <clears throat> and challenge them about what it looks like to live as a follower of Jesus Christ, which is motivated by the heart or the spirit of man, rather than the rules and the traditions of the law. These traditions and rules comprise the dominant force of Judaism, birthed in formalism and tradition itself. Pete opened up this chapter with how a simple so-called misinterpretation of the Sabbath could cause so much trouble amongst the religious hierarchy. In a more sympathetic appraisal of the Pharisees and Judaism, many of them were inspired by love towards God and the desire to please him. However, their emphasis on external performance paved the way for this formalism that Jesus denounces in much of his teaching. One of the reasons is that it rejected him from having any part to play in their redemption or the overall plan of God to reach the nations of the world. As the repeated word blessed in our reading can mean happy, I sort of felt a twinge of conscience when my caravan and motorhome magazine had the caption, find your happy place. a twinge of conscience, looking for a simple holiday in order that I might be happy. But I reckon what Jesus is talking about here is far deeper, far greater. In Jesus' teaching this morning, there are four issues relevant to true discipleship that Jesus addresses. The first one is this poverty of spirit, when Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for that yours is the kingdom of God. What is this? This is to initially and daily know that we have a need that we can in no way meet ourselves, with or without the help of others. The Bible says when we were without strength, Christ died for us. That's a sterile state. 
It's infertile to produce any form of life or happiness even. The spiritual poverty is when we realise how destitute we are on our own. Having nothing of our own resources to attain any regard by God toward our self-appraisal to him. There is no material thing or experience in this world that can answer the need of the soul. There is no spiritual experience other than that of the Holy Spirit that can fill up the deep spiritual need or emptiness that everyone has outside of Jesus Christ. To the Jew, the kingdom of God would be fully realised in the Messianic era when God should take upon himself the kingdom by a visible representative. However, the Jewish nation failed to recognise Jesus as the fulfilment of this. There is a long history recorded in the Old Testament of people being ground down by long-standing social and political distress. Through these periods, many learned to trust God and find unbelievable confidence in him. Jesus was the fulfilment of this hope and waiting and how ultimately he would give the kingdom to those who trust him. Jesus said, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Jesus is that kingdom, and in him we are that kingdom too. The last book in the Bible is Revelation, and in the opening chapter, Revelation has come from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, to John. And Jesus is the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us, you can underline that, he's made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. During this pandemic, the COVID experience has so ground down many people physically, mentally, spiritually. And even as Christians, there has been a poverty at best of times. But we will continue to seek him and trust him to experience a new confidence in what he can do again and again. So as we hopefully emerge from this, I'm sure we will hear many stories of blessing because of it. The second issue relating to true discipleship is what is this immediate hunger where we can be satisfied? Jesus said, blessed those who hunger now. What is this hunger? Basically, it's a burning thirst for goodness. The hungry here are the hungry for God. The God chasers those being passionate about being right with God and staying that way. Not half measures, not lukewarm, blowing hot and cold. The spiritual hunger that we, we have can only be fully realised in Jesus. In John 6 and verse 33, it says, For the bread of God 
is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. The third issue is what is behind the need to weep or mourn. Where we can be comforted or find that comfort. Not to be indifferent to our brokenness and that of the world we live in. And for us to be moved into action in some way. The thought here is that our hearts are often heavy and frustrated for the broken world we live in and also for and from our own brokenness, at which point we are wide open for the comfort that God longs to give to us. Isaiah 61 verse 1 speaks of Jesus who would come to bind up the brokenhearted. This is what he was doing here on this day. There are many ways in which we try to bury our sorrows, patch up new and old wounds of hurt and mistakes. But here again of Jesus, it is written in Isaiah 53. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows and was himself acquainted with grief. Our comfort from God though is to comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves have been comforted with. That comes from the New Testament. Pass it on. Use our experience. Listen to others as they pour out their heart. Give them time and place. The Old Testament character Job was supposed to have had three friends who were trying to comfort him. These so-called comforters didn't really help. And in the end, it was God himself who put Job's mind at rest. Even with the admission that it was God that had brought the trouble upon him. Then Job was given the part to play and to pray for his friends. And this is the account after Job had come through his period of suffering. Then came to him all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before, and ate bread with him in his house. And they showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. There's a fourth point here, fourth issue, which is connected with true discipleship. And that is to understand what rejection might mean for us. Jesus here said it's part of the course, but it is a pathway to happiness and to being really blessed. Verse 22 says, blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day 
and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. To emphasise this point, I'm going to read a report from India in the Barnabas Aid magazine. This is the Barnabas Aid magazine. And in here, it's got reports of what's happening to the Christians in India. And in Beacon at the moment, we're looking in ways in which we can help India at this time of suffering in the COVID experience as they go through it. What I'm going to read is entitled Indian Christians Face New Challenges Through Tough Days. These are tough days, but God is good. This is how one Indian church leader summed up the increasing restrictions and growing violence facing Christians in India, where at the same time the church continues to grow. Last year saw at least seven Christian martyrdoms across India from May to July, a country where anti-Christian violence has rarely resulted in deaths before. This followed a peak of violence in March, which had coincided with a nationwide lockdown at the beginning of the COVID crisis. Indian Martyrs of 2020. The first Indian Christian martyr of 2020 was a woman raped and murdered in Chhattisgarh in May, having previously been publicly threatened four times to renounce her Christian faith. In June, a Christian father and son who belonged to the lowly Nadar caste died after being tortured while in police custody in Tamil Nadu state. In the same month, a 14-year-old boy, a convert who was very active in sharing his new faith, was tortured and killed. And a Christian man was stabbed to death by extremists. In July... A Christian woman living nearby died as she tried to protect her daughter from sexual assault. The mother had been harassed by extremists since her conversion six years earlier. Also in July, a pastor was shot dead in Maharashtra <coughs> by Maoist Naxalites, who were angered that he had become a Christian and left the extremist group and started a church. The Evangelical Fellowship of India is aware of 327 instances of discrimination and targeted violence against Christians in India in 2020. Although the actual figures are likely to be far higher, Uttar Pradesh state was worse for targeted attacks on Christians, with 95 incidents, many of which were violent, followed by Chhattisgarh with 55 and Jharkhand and Madhya Pradesh with 28 and 25 respectively. It goes on and on. That's just one report. So there are some challenges from today, the need in India being one of them. But let's think about this. To the Galatian church, Paul wrote, so then, 
as we have opportunity, and we do have opportunity. Let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. The next thing is that we can recognise spiritual poverty of a different kind. The authentic church, the spirit-filled church, recognised some spiritual poverty. In one incident, the Christians were found to have believed in Jesus and accepted him, but had not received the Holy Spirit. And they were asked, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Have you? Have you asked specifically to receive the Holy Spirit? If not, do it today. To be daily filled with the Holy Spirit by welcoming his presence each day. It really helps the day if we, when we wake in the morning, give the day over to him. Say, welcome Holy Spirit into my life and into my day. Thank you for your help. Lead me on. I wonder when you last reviewed what Galatians 5 has to say about what the fruit of the Spirit is. You know them, you've probably heard them before. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, and the others I just can't remember at the moment, but there are others too. When did you last review that? Are we developing the fruit of the Spirit? The fourth thing about recognising spiritual poverty is, am I lacking in any spiritual gift? Do I feel a need to ask for a gift? Do I need to pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit? It's good just to seek God and ask him, what, what gift are you going to give me? What is the Holy Spirit going to share with me and use me in? We can ask for those gifts because Paul writing to the Corinthians said, seek the gifts. The third thing about the challenge this morning is the last thing that I mentioned about India. Whilst we still have great freedom in this country to be Christian and meet as church without hindrance, there are many who haven't. So it is a good time to remember those for whom that verse 22 is a real, current, ongoing experience. Beacon is contributing to this work, especially towards the COVID crisis for Christians. So let's be willing, each of us, to be on board with this as we seek to give and to bless others. May the Lord bless you and let us be challenged again by his word to us. Amen. Thank you, David. And uh, yeah, just as I was saying at the beginning, following this whole theme, we just got to ask ourselves, where do we find our contentment? Where do we find, uh, look for our flourishing? Where do we seek it out? Is it in material things? Is it in other people? Or ultimately, is it in him? That's where the path of life truly lies. And that's where we can find our security, confidence and rest. So let's endeavour just to ensure we are that, that people who are seeking his sustenance, who are seeking his path for, for fulfilment and for life, and then to pass it on with Holy Spirit's help. Let's be those people. 
Uh, you can talk about it more in your small groups and, uh, and with friends. Let's work out what we can do about this, what we need to be changing in our lives and in our rhythms to reflect this even more. Um, and if you, you're listening in and you still don't know this Jesus in the same way, you can know him. He is the living God who gave himself for you, that you might know life. Please do get in touch. Email address is coming up in just a moment. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you as always. Do not miss this opportunity. You can know your loving creator personally and as part of a new family. So please do get in touch. We'd love to pray. Um, songs are connected to the video for us to celebrate this amazing God. Uh, but more importantly, rather than just with our lips, let's uh, celebrate him with our bodies as we seek new ways of following his path of life in the weeks, months and years to come. Amen. Have a great week.